Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright. We have here Howard Tybal. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Howard. And we are uh, very lucky to have a special guest today, Fred Rogers, Vice President and Treasurer of beautiful Carlton College in Northfield, Minnesota. Good morning, Fred. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Pete and Howard. We, uh, you know, we've invited you here, Fred, not uh, is in your capacity uh, at Carleton, but in your capacity as director for the Administrative Management Institute, uh, which is a session, uh, I, I believe I can say fairly, in partnership with Cornell University that take, uh, that's happening uh, uh, this summer, July 28th through August 1st. Uh, you have been the director of AMI for 21 years this year. I, I was hoping you could take just a minute and tell us a little bit about the conference and, and what your objectives are before we dig into some of the detail. Thank you. Well, this is a program that Cornell offers with Ecubo that came into being while I was the chief financial officer at Cornell. But I really have to say for all the people who know him, this was Jack Ostrom's uh, idea. So Jack was the controller at Cornell and had taught accounting to people for several decades, in fact, taught me accounting when I was literally just fresh out of graduate school and starting in the business. So he taught me sort of fund accounting and college university uh, financial reporting. And Jack ended up eventually as the controller at Cornell when I was there as chief financial officer. So Jack worked with me and he came to me with this idea that he'd always had of trying to take the training programs at Cornell and making them more widely available. And out of that came AMI in cooperation with Ecubo, really targeted at unit level business managers, not the chief business officers of the college, but the business managers at institutes, departments, colleges, uh, various programs and divisions across the campus, typically at larger campuses. And it has, as you said, been going on now for 21 years. It's been, I think, extremely successful. Our reference rate is very high from people who've come and who send their colleagues and other friends next year. And so it continues to be a very strong program. What would you say uh, are the, uh, you know, in your capacity, having done this for over two decades now, what would you say today, uh, as we focus on on this year, are the, the, the highlight issues, the big topics that these unit level business officers are, uh, are, are facing and uh, that you'll be addressing at AMI this year? You know, we always talk about risk management and we talk about management style and performance, but a continuing and ever urgent issue is understanding the change that's going on in the world around us and how that actually affects how we operate on campuses. So campuses are both, as you know, this climate of inquiry and research and forward thinking and an organization that sometimes feels very reactionary and settled in its ways. And so people are trying to balance those things and understand how they participate Again, largely an audience that's not leading the whole institution, that are helping to manage their own unit or their perspective, their their portion of the institution, how it fits into those kinds of directions. And so I think it's very exciting to think and understand more how people can really engage those roles. Oh, I think that's a great, uh, uh, such a great angle, and it's something that Howard and I have, have talked about uh, ourselves and with guests over the year, uh, this idea of uh, where strategic leadership comes from. And I, I think it's a unique angle to talk about the, the business unit uh, financial officer. Uh, Howard, how do you reflect on that, the role of the, the business unit officer? 
Well, you know, what, what I love about this program, and I'll tell you, anybody that, uh, if you haven't been to the AMI uh, overview of the program, if you look at the, you, you've got such a collection of fantastic speakers uh, at this year's program. But what was so fascinating for me, and even discussing this with Fred yesterday, is that uh, at the business unit level, they often live in a world where they're very siloed. Now, that this happens in the centralized you know, sort of finance and administration area. But at the business unit level, I think very often we can get caught up in uh, the responsibility we have to our particular division and department and lose sight of the interdependence between the different divisions, between enrollment management and finance, between student affairs and advancement. There, there are so many connections, and most people don't have the opportunity to step back and make those connections. So I think what AMI does uh, from the people I've spoken to, and again, I'll have the opportunity to speak this year, is to help people make those connections to feel more like they're a contributor to the bigger picture and to the bigger change happening around us. And to me, that is the most important thing. There isn't enough of that focus at that level. Too often, we give most of our focus to the people who have seniority or authority. And I think what what Fred's developed uh, with Jack is this idea of it's not just at that level. It has to start at at the level where the work is happening. Yep, that's exactly right. And these people also operate in a world where they are professionally many times linked to the central business functions, but as you said, organizationally, they're separate. They are hired and mentored, so to speak, often by people who are in an academic or other unit that's not principally about the business function. Right. And and what what I what I am finding, Fred, more and more is that there's a greater willingness and capacity for the administrative side of the house to begin to engage in academic conversations, but not from just their perspective, but on the academic sort of on the academic terms, that one of the big next hurdles I see being attempted to tackle is to think of the the business model of the academic delivery as a shared problem or a shared opportunity. And it cannot just be the faculty's responsibility to think about the change, but you cannot rely on the administration to figure out it has to be a partnership. And I think historically, we just have not spent enough time together to learn each other's language, to see that we share it in the mission. We just share in it differently. Yeah, I think that's really true. We were having a conversation in the Career Center a few weeks ago about jobs that people start with. And one of the issues that came up was the retailers. We have a lot of retailers in Minnesota, and Minneapolis is the headquarters for Target and Best Buy, among others. But when companies like that hire somebody, even if they're going to be in a management track, they start on the sales floor. You have to start on the sales floor to understand what the business is fundamentally about. And in that same way, I think there's too many people in the business side of higher education who didn't start by having some experience other than being a student in a classroom to understand how hard it is to put a course together, what the issues are about doing that, why that's different to do it day after day after day as opposed to being one time doing a lecture. Um, I think it really helps the more people understand broadly the, if I can use this term, the nature of the business that we are in collectively. Yeah, and and I and I tell you that um, 
the, the reason I think we haven't been as successful in that is because the structure of the actual physical structures of how a university college is run uh, typically has had this separation between the deliverers of the teaching and research and then there's the people behind closed doors who collect the money, who send out the bills and have not really been sort of in a, in a partnership. So it's been more adversarial uh, and, and trying to demonstrate to the other side, uh, we really are the ones that, you know, you need to listen to us because we control the money and we control the direction. And then you got the faculty often saying, and I think this is changing, uh, we need you to come to understand us in a way so that we can be part of the prioritization. And even though the provost or the chief academic officer sits on the cabinet or the senior leadership team or the president might be a former academic, uh, it gets lost really fast in the day-to-day operations uh, between these two sides of the house. Yeah, I, I like to not think about us as having sides, but I understand why that comes about. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's harder or easier. I've Spent, you know, 10 years of my career at Cornell, which was very large, and now 10 years here at Carleton, which is very small. And both environments still have issues of the separation that you described. But I think in both environments, through individual initiative, people can do a lot to overcome that. I don't see that as being endemic to either large or small. I think it, it really is a function of people's desire and ambition to go out, meet their colleagues, listen to them carefully, but, it, you know, what you just said, get out and meet their colleagues. I, I led a, a, a workshop with uh, business officers at different levels. And I, you know, looked at the whole group and I said, listen, one of the single best things you can do is get out of your office and meet your the people you're serving on their turf. And when, you know, I asked somebody to raise their hand. They said, you know, when I did this, I cannot tell you the, the amount of trust that this builds. And but in my experience, it does not happen enough, nearly as much as it as it could be happening. It's such a small act, and and I think those that take it on, as you're saying, are demonstrating and building those kind of trusts. I also like that you're saying, Fred, is that you like to focus on where we have. Uh, commonality as opposed to where we have differences. Uh, I think you're right. I think that, you know, overemphasizing the fact that in some cases there's an there's an adversarial relationship, that can't that's not necessarily productive. I think it's much more productive, like you're saying, is to be able to identify where do we have common ground and how do we build on that. Right. I mean I think the one thing that's easier at a small institution is it's easier to remember we're all really working for one objective. So when you've got a huge institution, you know, you can end up feeling like, well, my college has to survive and those other people are somehow commandeering resources that we might have deserved. But fundamentally, all of our institutions are working in a much larger market and economy, and the institution needs to thrive and survive in its entirety. And that's what we, I think, are ultimately committed to. One of the things that we try to talk about at AMI to go back to that is helping people have dialogue 
across the institution at a more sort of institutional perspective. So we have various speakers who come and talk about issues of fiduciary responsibility or insurance or risk management or employment or research compliance in ways that we hope are helpful for you in the unit or whoever's there to say, well, now I sort of, sort of get why the people I deal with about that in my institution take the approach that they do and what the issues are that maybe they didn't fully explain, but that now I understand what they're really trying to solve for you, to help you, me work with that. You know, Fred, I mean, I, I look at the, the catalog of speakers, and I, I think you're getting to an issue that makes me positively giddy as a member of a, of a faculty body myself. And, you know, we spend a lot of time on the show talking about business officer things, but when you say that you like to think of it as having, you know, no sides, uh, mm-hmm. that that's a particularly warm place for me. The, the whole idea here, and I think this is what you're you're getting at, is that rather than talking about this legacy of an adversarial relationship, let's focus instead on the massive opportunity that we have collectively to change the way uh, we, we uh, impact our core customer, right? The student in the classroom. And, and uh, so I, I wonder, as I, I, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit more about some of the, the broader uh, topics that you're talking about. I mean, I see topics like you're talking about MOOCs and online learning. And I mean, these are things that are not traditionally, uh, that, that would have been tossed out of the legacy of the adversarial, you know, sides. And, and now they're, it, it seems like a very holistic approach. Yeah, I think we're trying to help people understand why those issues are being discussed on campuses, what they're about. Um, You know, we always have a president kick off the conversation uh, so that we get some perspective from the most senior level. Uh, But then really throughout the course of the week to understand topically, substantively, what are these issues and um, organizationally and personally, how do they relate to how people are interacting and how people just talk to each other. One of the exercises we do, I think it's very effective, is this little uh, Cornell Interactive Theater group who come in and do these employment cases where you get two people doing a workplace scenario and then in character, you get to ask them questions. Questions you would never ask somebody in the workplace because you might be embarrassed or you just didn't feel it was appropriate. But here, you know, no holds barred. You can say, well, why did you think that? When he said that, why did you say that? Why didn't you say this instead? Why wouldn't you have thought of this? And to really begin to understand that, you know, everybody looks at the same circumstance, the way they interact with it, slightly differently. The same thing is going on in faculty staff dialogues. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that idea. <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you, I'm looking also at the program sessions and, you know, how they're framed and some of the details. And what's very interesting is, and again, this is why it's such a privilege for me to be able to be part of this, is, is that there is, you know, you're trying to raise a level of awareness of the issues, get people engaged in the kind of deeper subject matter strategic thinking. And, you know, what I'm going to be focusing on is not the what or the details about MOOCs and learning about it, what every manager should know about IT security, which is a critical thing, but how do you neg- how do you navigate dialogue and decision-making among a group? Right. And I, I have discovered, you know, one of the single most important skill set because we can no longer make decisions in isolation. That's been like that for a while, and I think the complexity or and, and, and accelerating change is causing the need for us to be better at identifying the real problem, having a vision for what it's, it 
we're trying to accomplish, brainstorming effectively, and then prioritizing what we want to do and then putting together a milestone. Most of us have never been trained in this sort of the art and discipline in decision making. And that's the that's the focus that we're going to put at least in the session that I'm going to be doing. Yeah. And, and, and that will impact every one of these other topics. I'm very excited to have that a part of our program this year. Yeah. I, I, well, I appreciate you including me in this. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think, you know, we, people are making decisions both at the institutional sort of business level and they're making decisions about what's important to pursue and how to prioritize their own daily work and whether they should, in fact, follow this thing up or let it go or raise a question or ignore it. And all those decisions are important to the to the overall health of the institution. Yeah. And I think it's a combination, you know, it's, the description of, of the session is decision making. But, you know, you and I talked yesterday and I think a big part of this has to do with how we see ourselves as a leader. Mm-hmm. And and when I say leader, I don't mean, and we talked about this, this not as the as the as the person in charge, but our ability to influence change around us. Yep. And, and I think great decision making has this idea of somebody who's pushing something along, but there are also what we're calling, and this there's a great video on this, a first follower, and the idea that you get people to follow and then they become leaders in their own way around something. And it's no longer about the original leader. It's about, in some ways, creating a movement in a certain direction. Yep. Yep. I sometimes tell people, I think change happens in a higher education setting more by changing the questions people are asking than by giving them answers. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, this looks like it's going to be a, a, a great summer session, July 28th through August 1st. Uh, Fred, this is uh, your—I understand this, right? I don't think it's a surprise. This is your last uh, year as director. Yeah, uh, my 21st year, and I really am delighted that Paul Streeter, who has been a member of the program for a number of years as a faculty member— and has now just been appointed vice president for budget and planning at at Cornell, is going to take over the directorship of the program. Oh, that's wonderful news. And congratulations to you for 21 great years as director of AMI. This is a, it's a wonderful program. And I, you know, I, I, it's fantastic that you join us to share uh, the, the mission and vision for 2014. Thank you so much. You know, the greatest thing about this program is the large number of alumni out there who have benefited from it and tell me at various meetings how much they enjoyed it and whose careers I think have helped been advanced by it so that's it's a wonderful legacy so here's that's to fantastic. here's to the next 21 uh, so, Howard, you will be there. Uh, you're, uh, I, I don't believe, you know, I'm looking at the um, at the event page. I'm just going to put the event page in the notes in the podcast. So you can just click on that and uh, jump straight to it. It's got a lot of letters and abbreviations in the URL. So basically just Google AMI Cornell and you'll find it uh, fairly yep. easily there. And uh, you will see the uh, the schedule Monday through, uh, Monday through Friday, the full week. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a great session. Uh, Howard, any other comments from you for the people? No, I'm just I'm excited to come to the Cornell campus. I was just with uh, with another uh, Cornell leader who works at a different institution, and he was telling me, Fred, uh-huh. uh, what a forward-thinking institution Cornell is in itself, and where he's learned the art and discipline and doing his job well. So there's there's no question that something uh, is happening. Something has been happening for years at Cornell that has been empowering leaders, you know, to to see them 
themselves uh, in a very proactive kind of forward-thinking way. I, it came out of nowhere. I told him I was going to be at this <laughs> program, and he was he was sharing with me about when he worked there. Yeah, cool. That's yeah, great. It's very cool. Well, it's fantastic, uh, a fantastic opportunity, uh, folks. If you want to learn more about this show, you can head over to tybelink.com. You can search for us in the iTunes uh, podcast directory. It is by far the easiest way to make sure that you don't miss a single episode of Navigating Change. Subscribe for free there. Listen to us in your car on Stitcher Smart Radio, and uh, catch up with us on, on Twitter at Howard Tybel or at Pete Wright. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much uh, for listening, and we will catch you next week on Navigating Change the podcast from Tidal Inc.